All right, what's up, everybody? So if you liked the last episode, episode 30 of War Stories with Joe and Shaw, this, we're going to dive a little bit deeper. We're going to talk about being away, deployment, um, the stress that comes with that, and the cracks that form, um, because it, it, it affects many many of our service members, um, not just during, but long after they've left the service, and we talk, we dive deep into that, and so listen closely to this one. Um, we're going to be talking with Phil, who is currently still active duty, uh, taking the fight to the enemy around the globe, so we don't get into really anything about him and, and his background, but uh, he's spent probably collectively years away from his family, and uh, both in the civilian uh, sector before he joined uh, the military, but in the military currently, and how he recovered from it, uh, what he did when he uh, started his company, and uh, just letting everybody know it's a it's difficult and how to reach out, how to get beyond, how to continue the mission, continue the fight when you don't have a mission maybe in the military anymore. But those of you on Instagram that have DM me, hey, what about leaving the family? How how is it? How is it difficult? Well, here it is, uh, raw and uncut. All right, enjoy. All right, this post comes from Instagram, and it spoke to me in in many ways. It's titled "Dead Man's Float." I sometimes wonder if I return home the same man as when I left. If my family will recognize my soul or my face paints a picture that betrays my heart. I've heard it said that when you leave, you stay gone, you change. But will the pieces that fit together before I left still hold? Or has the ravage of time gnarled their edges and wrapped their forms? Will the children I watch grow only seconds at a time on a screen in the palm of my hand, hands know my voice when I call their names? I wonder if I still carry this weight when I return. If the boot on my chest will lift, the heavy hands on my shoulders will fall away, and the strain behind my eyes will fade. I will cry, I will fight, I will endure. Can I chart a path through the dense clouds of my next fight, which hang low on the horizon, and brush aside the burden that time is short before I leave again? And I will leave again, as a man different from when I arrived, and God willing, recognizable when I return. And this post, like I said, comes from Instagram, from Live American Yogi. And I, as this speaks to me in many different ways, just from my time in deployment and leaving my own family. And uh, I reached out to Phil to talk about this a little bit. And just the strain of, of deploying and leaving your family, coming home, a different person. I have him here on the podcast with me now. So how's that feel to, to hear that post read back to you probably for the first time? Uh, first of all, I appreciate the introduction, brother. It's, uh, you know, you know, when I write the, the posts that I do, when I, when I, you know, put that out into the world, it, it's, you know, it's hard to know how exactly it'll be received, mm-hmm. but, you know, I, I always do try to put out there, you know, just straight from my heart. And I think, you know, people that will resonate with people. Um, it, it's actually really nice to hear it back. Um, 
you know, like you said, it's the, it's the first time I've heard it read back to me. Um, but really, there, there was a lot going on then. You know, it was a, it was a few weeks out from returning from deployment. Um, you know, I was just talking to someone today about the, the anxiety, the stress, you know, knowing I was I was coming home after, you know, after six months away from my family. Um, and, and a lot goes through your mind when, when you're gone. You know, when you're, you can easily compartmentalize or at least, you know, the way I operate, I when I'm gone, I'm gone. You know, things are compartmentalized into that box. And then when I return home, I open that box from back home again. Um, but you don't know. Uh, when you get home, if the things that you left inside that box are going to be the same, you know, when you do return. And if you're even going to be the same person opening that box when you get back. You know, I, I was talking to someone today, and she she, she told me, she said she knows that it, it's tough to come home. And a lot of people, uh, you know, when they, if you're not associated with the military, you don't necessarily know, you know, how hard it is to come home and the, the anxiety uh, associated with it. It's not all happiness. You know, it's, everyone's changed. The world's changed a little bit. You've changed. Um, so it actually, to me, that was the hardest part of the point. It was, was the return, especially being away from my, my children uh, for six months. My wife, you know, the, the things that I'd been through had, had changed me in certain ways. And, you know, it wasn't the first time, but it doesn't matter how many times you leave. You know, every time you get back, you're, you're just a little bit different you know, in, in, in some subtle ways that could have, you know, ripple effects throughout your life. So, you know, I, I really like the, I really liked hearing those words, man. And I, and I do hope that, that guys, whether, whether you're in the military or out of the military, you can sort of relate to that, you know, that sort of situation. Yeah. It's something we don't, we don't talk about enough. Um, we talk about, you know, going to war and deploying and, and uh, joining the military, at least, at least those I interact with uh, all about joining up and signing up and, and, uh, yeah. and, and the actual effects of it. Uh, and also we don't talk about leaving and, and those you leave behind uh, and coming back a, a, a different person um, coming back to somebody who's changed and, and uh, whether it's your girlfriend or your family or your wife and, and your kids, I tell you what, they notice that change. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's something that I never thought about. So you know, before you join the army, you think you know I'm going to do these amazing things. You know, I'm going to go overseas. I'm going to you know I'm going to win the war on terror. I'm going to be a hero. I'm going to come home with medals on my chest. Everything's going to be great. Um, But in between that, you know, you leave for months on end away from your family. You know, you lose buddies. Uh, You go through some some pretty uh, some pretty difficult times, both in training and real world situations, and. that stuff you almost expect, though. But when it comes to who you are as a person and how it's going to change you and how you're going to be able to interact with the family that you love, and, you know, your wife, your girlfriend, you know, whoever, you know, that's the stuff you don't think about. And, you know, that's what I try to do is I try to put that stuff into the world, maybe maybe change people's perspective a little bit. And, and honestly, it helps me more than anything to, to put that out there. But it's, it's something that, you know, it doesn't matter how long I've been in the military, you know, it changes every time. Every like my, my understanding of my job, my understanding of my life and my family and you know, leaving and coming home, it, it's 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 an evolution, you know, as time goes by. And um, yeah, so maybe you can think back to the first time that you you would come home, you know, the mission's done and you're you're coming home and how did you you know, how did you react to being told, Hey, things are different, you act differently, you know, was uh, were you upset about it? You know, somebody saying that or your family or your wife, 
Um, how did your kids react? And, but how did you react to that the very first time? I know now after multiple deployments, it's yeah. how to compartmentalize, things like that. But if I think back to the first time I was away and I came back, I was, I was more arrogant about it. Like, oh, what's, what's the big deal? This is what, what I do, yeah. right? Dude, f- first time I came back, so my experience is a, little, is a little different from most or a little different from others in the military community at least. But the first time I left and came back was, a, was as a civilian. Um, when I was a, I was a photojournalist before I entered the, uh, the military, I spent some time covering a little bit of a conflict in the Middle East. I know the first time I came back, I handled it absolutely terribly. I was, I was brutal. I came home and, and I remember just being angry at everything. Like none, none of this is important. You know, none of, none of this matters. You know, what, I, what I was doing and the things I was seeing, like those, those things matter. You know, so I, I spent a lot of time angry and I spent a lot of time at the bottom of a bottle when I got home. It, it was very unhealthy, um, both for me and the people around me. Uh, that was even before I joined the military. Uh, once I joined uh, my first deployment uh, in the army, it was it was different. You know, it was exciting. You know, it was like this is you know finally I get a chance to go overseas. You know, I get to do my job. I get to be with the men. Like this is going to be great. You know, I get home, I get I go overseas. I have the experience I had. I come home. Reintegration was different. Um, at the time, I didn't have kids. It was just me and my wife. Um, and, you know, we, we reached times when we were on the brink uh, because, you know, I was used to doing things, you know, my way, um, having responsibility you know, that I had overseas. It was, it was different back home. And, and honestly, like I, I did a terrible job, you know, reintegrating with my family. Um, and I, I don't know how much of that is, you know, the result of the deployment I had or how much of that was the unit I was in or, or just my situation in life. But I, I wasn't very reflective. I wasn't very. Um, I didn't spend much time looking at instead of instead of looking at life as you know how am I approaching it you know how how are the things affecting me I looked at it as you know what is life actually doing to me and me as a as a victim uh, when I came home I felt like I felt like I was confident in who I was but I came home and I was the world was different it wasn't the world I was used to um, so the, the first few times you know I, I came in blind uh, at th- at this point though. You know, I look at it from a different perspective. I'm older now. You know, I have, I have a wife. I have uh, several children, all girls. I'm very, uh, very much aware of, you know, who I am and who I present to my family and how that's going to affect them. And then also, like, what's healthy for me and what's healthy for my marriage um, and also for the soldiers around me. So, so now when I get home, I'm very cognizant, you know, about the, giving myself that time to reintegrate giving myself that time to, to take that deep breath and, and recognize that things aren't the same as when I left and that, you know, people are different and the way my house is run is different. Um, the world is a little different from when I left and the things I did over there that I, that I thought were very important at the time, you know, really they're not my life. They were my life for a small amount. Of- so when you're deployed, you get, you kind of drink your own Kool-Aid. You know, you think that, you know, you, you are the master of your destiny, the things that you are doing you know, have incredible effects on the world or at least your small portion of the world that you own. Um, and you get home and you realize, you know, your world is actually the, you know, the four walls around you in your home with your family. And, and honestly, for me, you know, switching that perspective from, you know, especially in the special operations community where you're, you're, you know, a small team with, you know, pretty large impacts in, in where you're operating um, to getting home and realizing, you know, where your, your true impacts are in the world is, is actually with your family, at least in my case with my wife and my children. Um, it, it's a pretty significant, you know, shift in perspective. It, it's one that takes some time to, to get used to. Um, but, but honestly, you know, I, I owe a lot of my success in, 
in being able to transition. And when I say success, I use that loosely um, because it's something I'm still working on myself. I'm not perfect. Um, but I, I base a lot of that, that success in being able to transition, you know, on my, uh, on my yoga practice and on my meditation practice, which has allowed me to spend a lot more time looking inside on who I am and, you know, how I approach the world. So what was, what was the defining moment for you, you know, when you kind of, uh, whether it's hitting rock bottom or having that, uh, you know, enough pain in your life to where it kind of, kind of shook you a little bit and realized that you had to shift your, not just your perspective, but your focus on, on, on your family, you know, coming back from deployment and then focusing on, on being a family man and being a husband, that sort of thing, a father. Uh, was there a moment in time or was it a long season of pain that, uh, that got you eventually? So, I, I mean, that's an awesome question. I mean, like, honestly, I'd say that there's probably a couple different moments that, that led me to here. You know, the, the first time I remember pretty vividly, it was, it was after my first deployment, um, which I was already struggling, um, you know, with my family, with my wife to, to kind of reintegrate. Uh, shortly after that, though, uh, after I got back, I was, I was getting ready to go to selection and I broke my back in a, a training accident. Uh, when I was stationed at Fort Carson, uh, I was in a striker. Um, I was, we were actually proofing a gunnery range. I was, I was up on the seat. I slipped and I fractured my L2 and my L3 uh, vertebrae. So my back was, was, was done. Um, I, I got into a place where, uh, so I couldn't walk. I couldn't move, you know, I was stuck to the couch. Um, around the same time, I lost a very close friend. He was actually one of my NCOs who I consider a brother. Um, uh, so I was in this, this situation where, you know, I was getting ready for this pivotal moment in my military career. You know, I, I, I lost a close friend. I was struggling in my, in my, in my marriage and my, I was taking a, a spiral mentally. And I, I remember a time when I was, I was coming home from work and I just, I was in the kitchen talking to my wife and I just broke down. You know, I was at the, at the time I was, I went from the couch to a, to literally a walker, like you see, you know, old 80 year old men using with tennis balls on it to a cane, to barely walk in, to jog in, to get ready. Um, and, and I broke down and I realized at that moment that, that it was time to, to kind of refocus and reach out. So it was, it was a combination of things that at least at that point in my life that brought me to a path uh, of actual um, realization and, and really rehabilitation. So physically, you know, I, I attacked, um, my, my wife put me onto yoga. Uh, she, it was something that I resisted. She had done for 10 years. I resisted it because I always figured it was for girls. It wasn't for me. Um, but when I tried my first couple classes, it, it gave me an opportunity to uh, focus on the present moment. You know, as a soldier, you're always either reflecting on, on the last thing you did or looking forward to your next mission or training event or wh whatever it is on the schedule. And you're never in the present moment. So yoga at that point gave me a chance for even if it was 60 minutes a day to get on the mat and to focus on my mind and what I'm going through. Um, at the same time, I had a meditation practice, uh, w which also helped me to, to focus on the present moment. And it gave me you know, a time of day where I could, I could just be with my thoughts and breathe. And at the same time, I also reached out for help for, for a counselor. You know, reach out for outside help. And, and that was honestly the hardest step 
I was the hardest thing to do to, to admit, you know, as tough as I am, it doesn't matter if, you know, I, I yield the hand of God at, at my fingertips with, with plenty of firepower, you know, I'm still, I'm still in need of, um, so I reached out for help years ago. I started talking to someone. I was working myself on the mat. I was working myself with my physical therapist and I was starting to get myself back to a place where, um, where I had balance, you know, it wasn't just work. It wasn't just family. It was, it was a spiritual balance in my life. Um, and that, that was a moment right there, uh, that, that really helped turn me around and, and, and trust me, you know, I, I was one of those guys that, you know, when I was on the line, I was fully on the line. You know, I was my NCOs and I. We were in the we were in the garage every weekend. You know, drinking, drinking, and and carrying on, and ignoring our demons and just letting them fester. You know, I I remember nights where we would get together, and things would happen that would be absolute wake up calls that that we need to change our lifestyle. But it took significant life events, significant relationship events in my life to, to actually wake me up that the change needed to happen. And, you know, throughout, throughout the last few years of my career, there's been moments where, you know, you stray from the path and you have to kind of recenter and, and get back to, to where you know you have to be, not just for your job, but for your family. Yeah, that's, uh, I don't know if anybody, you know, you mentioned yoga, but I don't know if anybody here listening has tried yoga, especially men. I've done it a couple times, and I quit both times. <laughs> so many times I've, I think I've ever quit yeah. in my life, but it is it yeah. is not it is no joke. It is hard. I'm not a very flexible person, and I was in a class with a bunch yeah. of other girls, and my wife laughing at me as I'm rolling around <laughs> like a cockroach. It's like I I can't do yeah. that. No, I my body doesn't do that, and. And, uh, it physically just like rocked me. Like you're right, man. Being in the moment holding some of those poses was just a unbelievable amount of, of strength it took. Um, and man, hats off to you. That is, is, <laughs> it's hard. Yeah, dude, a lot of people don't realize it, you know? So, you know, I spent my whole, uh, I guess, teenage life when I was in middle school and high school, I was, I was a wrestler. You know, I tried to even walk onto a D1 school when I was in college. You know, I, to me, if I'm sweating, I'm, you know, I'm working. Um, I never considered yoga. Like, I am your typical, I'm your typical dude, your typical combat arms dude as far as, you know, this is, this is what being a man is, which is why I resisted it for so long. Um, but when I really got to that place where I needed to rehab, my back was killing me. You know, even to this day, I can't bend over without, you know, bracing on something to pick something up because my back is in pain. The only thing that brings me off the edge, that takes that, that pain away, that, you know, I didn't want to take pain medication. I didn't want to take, uh, you know, anything medicinal. I wanted to actually, you know, rehab holistically. It was, it was yoga. And I'm telling you, man, like when you're, when you're in a, a 90 minute, you know, hot vinyasa flow class and you're on minute 56 and you want to tap out because you can't, you can't stay in a pose like to me you know that that is it as hard as it gets it, it reminds me of being you know in a six minute plus overtime match in high school when i'm busting through a wrestling when i'm busting through you know a six minute uh a match you know giving everything i have wanting to quit like to me that's what that that's why i do yoga for that for that that minute right there where i want to just tap out and sit down uh, it, it truly is it, it it's a it's a place for you to challenge yourself physically and mentally, and honestly, mentally, the mental side is just as hard as the physical side. To sit with yourself for sixty minutes, for ninety minutes, and just be in your own head, 
I I enjoy that challenge, man, and I like the physical benefits that come along with that. You know. Yeah, no doubt about it. I encourage anybody who wants a challenge physically to and mentally to to try that out because uh, it is it is no joke. Um, and honestly, that's part of the reason that uh, sorry, hold on. <clears throat> that's part of the reason we started American Yogi too is to try to make yoga appealing for guys that wouldn't otherwise touch the practice, which was me. You know, like I, I want a dude to be able to see a shirt like like our logo was designed off the. You know, I went to Sears School, and after Sears School, Sears School, I remember just looking at that POW MIA flag. It just there was such power to it. There was such emotion behind it that I wanted to turn that into something positive that you can connect to. So that's how we designed our logo. And like I'm, I'm, I hope that guys can see that and let it be a vehicle for them to just try the practice, to walk into the studio, and if you see that shirt, think, you know what, maybe I do have a place here in the studio. You know, it's not just, you know, your typical women in tights and crystals. You know, it can also be us. You know, you, you, can, you can pipe it on the side and still do yoga. You know, it doesn't take away your masculinity in the slightest, you know? Yeah, that's a great point. That's uh, kind of a trend and kind of uh, looking at looking at your page and and all that you're doing there. Um, it's, uh, it's I, you know, it's that community that, um, it, it's not it's not uh girlified there's there's some manly fitness to it you see other stuff like that. what i wanted to we, we had a sorry go ahead sorry i was gonna say we we had a festival last year that we we uh, had out here in southern pines north carolina station at bragg and the classes were all taught you know, it was a third group uh, third group uh, dude that taught one class. There was a, a soldier that taught another, a retired soldier, retired a Marine that taught it. You know, we're trying to bring that that vibe. Like, you don't have to be a certain way to do it. You can be just from our community. You can be a regular dude, and you can still practice successfully. So, so what? Why do you think? I mean, on that subject, you just kind of uh, you know, a lot of soldiers that uh, come back from multiple deployments or, or even one, or just being in the military in general, uh, why, why do you think it's, it's so hard for us to, I guess, reach out for help or, or open up to buddy and just be like, man, you know, things are, things are not going well, uh, whether it's at home or, or on the job. Um, Cause I see that a lot, you know, and, and we've lost a lot of, uh, a lot of great veterans to suicide and, and uh, yeah. and other damaging effects of just not being able to reach out. Yeah, you know, there's always a moment that, that sticks out in my mind. I remember, you know, shortly after I joined, you know, I was a platoon leader. Uh, I was hanging out with my NCOs. We, you know, we were having some drinks. We were hanging out at, uh, at one of the guys' houses that we usually did. At one point, we went into the house. Uh, one of my dudes, actually, uh, one of my guys, he, he was killed um, just a couple of years ago. I remember we were in a room. He grabbed a gun. He grabbed a pistol and he put it in his mouth. And he said, "Do you think I? Do you think I care right now?" And we all stopped and we just and we were froze. Like he he had no qualms about putting this gun in his mouth, like to show how tough he was that he didn't give a shit. Um, and that that really stood out in my mind. Like that was a moment right there where we all sort of realized, you know, the path we were going down, you know, was not the right path. Like that the things that we were doing and the experiences that we were having, we weren't processing. 
you know, in, in healthy ways. And I'll never forget that moment. You know, even now when, when I look back on it, I remember my buddy, you know, I wear you know, his name on my wrist every day. Um, and, you know, that, that had a, a, a big effect on me. Um, I think in our culture, especially I know when, when I first joined the Army, I remember, especially when you're in a leadership position, you are under constant scrutiny. You know, as, as I'm sure you remember, your dudes are looking at you every day. You know, they're, they're, they're watching what you do. They're watching what you say. They're watching how you dress. You know, you want to make sure that you're always putting forward, you know, the, the image of confidence, the image of, of toughness that, that you know, you know, when you're on the line, that that dude can count on you, that you're not going to shake. Um, I remember being keenly aware of that every single day. And I spent the first few years of my, of my career you know, constantly in that mode where I need to be tough, I need to be confident, I need to make sure my dudes always see that I'm somebody that can count. But it took it took a while to realize that, you know, while that was important, also being there for them on the other side and showing them that you're a human and it's okay to process the stuff that we're going through, um, is just as important as well. Um, I, I think that we forget that being tough and you know is is only half of it. You know, the harder thing to do, and I was i was actually, the funny thing is, I was just talking to somebody earlier today, he reached out to me on our Instagram, and he was saying, hey man, I'm, I'm having a tough time, I'm struggling, but I read your posts, and it helped bring me back on track. And I said, you know, that's great, I'm glad you're reading my posts, but I think you should probably reach out to someone as well. Go talk to a counselor, like that, go talk to somebody that you can, you can be open with, you can be honest with in a judgment-free environment, and you can bounce things off and help actually work through the things you're going through. You know, I, I remember sitting in a bar uh, with one of my NCOs uh, shortly after that incident. I was talking about the house, and I reached out for help. I started talking to a counselor, and I was really ashamed of it at the time. You know, I felt like it, it it made me weak that I was doing that, but I needed it because I was breaking down on a daily basis. And I told him, I said, "Look, I'm talking to somebody, and I think it's really helping." And this is a dude that I, I looked up to. Like this was my platoon sergeant, my first platoon sergeant when I joined the army. I really looked up to this dude and he looked at me. He's like, what is it like? You know, how did you do it? You know, what are you guys talking about? Is it helping? And it, I went from being someone that was afraid to be judged for getting help to someone who realized that we're all dealing with this and that more people need to know that it's okay. More soldiers need to know it's okay to reach out for help. That doesn't make you weak. It makes you stronger. Um, and that, I think that's a hard thing for us to get through. You know, we, we want to be tough. We want to, we want to be a rock, but at some point those cracks are going to break and you're going to crumble. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I, I was looking at the veteran statistic suicide rate and I kind of in disbelief, it, it, it was something astronomical. Like, uh, gosh, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was, I don't know what was it like five a day, 20 a day, something like that. Maybe it was higher. It, it was really high. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's just lack of having a resource for people to reach out and, you know, just what you said, right? You just, you, you always got to be strong. You can never show weakness and then, and then they break. Yeah. And um, I know there's been quite a few uh, uh, suicides on the Naval Special Warfare side of things. Uh a commander that I knew at SEAL uh, Team 4 killed himself in country. I mean, it's just, and just no clue, right? And it's, and it's our, it's our fault yeah. as well. It's, 
it's our fault for not asking, Hey, how's it going, man? No, really? How is it going? Like, uh, you can kind of yeah. see, and all of us can kind of see when somebody's, you know, kind of, kind of hurting on, they're not, their job performance isn't up there. They're not really communicating as much as they used to, but we don't say anything. We just go, Oh yeah, you need to work out more. Yeah. You got to just, just suck it up, man. Let's go like get your shit in order exactly. and make it happen. Culture, yeah. And in his mind, yeah. he's just in a down, downward spiral and there's nowhere to go. And then you lose somebody like that. And just like, and then, you know, we go, wow, what a shame. How, how, you know, selfish is that when we should be looking at ourselves going, what could we have done? What, what could we have done? You know, we're, yeah. we're at fault here I mean, just as much. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I also feel like sometimes we're afraid to ask that question because we're, we're not ready for the answer. Yeah. You know, like sometimes we don't know what to do with that information when you ask, yep. like, you know, so-and-so went on the edge. So-and-so is drinking a lot. And honestly, like the, the, the thing with our community too, is it's a source of pride to drink a lot. It's a source of pride to, to be that dude that can down a bottle and, and you know, and function. <laughs> but, but when it comes down to it, you know, like those are the dudes we should be talking to. You know, the, I was that dude. You know, I know plenty of dudes that were, were that guy. Um, but, it, you know, it's, it, it's, it's not healthy. You know, it's, those are the guys that, you know, if you can get up and you can run a, you know, a, a nine minute or, a, you know, a nine minute, two mile the next day, but that doesn't actually mean that they're, they're a healthy soldier. You know? Yeah. I was, I always talk on my, at least my Instagram page about uh, working on yourself harder in your job. And it, it really is true. If you're not, if you're not uh, really working on your mental stability, your physical, you know, and everything around that, you're not going to do well at much anything, you know, anything else, whether it's your family or job or career, military, things like that. I mean, um, yes, yeah. it's, it's true, man. You got to be working on sharpening that tool. And, you know, I get a lot of DMs on Instagram. Like, Man, I'm I'm lifting all these weights. I'm doing good. I'm crushing the uh, entrance test for these different military, you know, branches. That sort of thing. I'm like, well, what are you doing mentally to make yourself sharp, right? Because you're. Bottom. <laughs> I get that you're doing all that, and the body's amazing, but uh, uh, you got to you got to keep the mind sharp. And uh, yeah, dude. So, absolutely. I mean, I'll tell you what. Like, I remember I went through selection. Um, two months after I broke my back. So I, I was not in peak condition. I, I wish I could have been you know, in the condition I was before I broke my back. Um, so I, I, was, I was not up there at the front of the pack, every, every run, every rock. Um, but I do remember I was always the calmest. I always stayed calm. I never got nervous. I got to a point where, where now nothing, very few things make me nervous. Um, and, and really that was based on my meditation practice and my yoga practice. You know, I, I, I am not the dude nowadays even you know with my back and the condition it's in i'm, I'm never going to be the fastest dude i know that but i guarantee you i'll always be the dude that stays in and i'll always be the dude that keeps this cool and and honestly that that's what helped get me through selection and that's what helps get me through my daily job as well you know a lot and you're you're spot on a lot of people ignore that side you know you can go and you can spend all the hours in the gym you could spend all the hours running it on a track you can put all the weight on your back and just hump for days but if your mind isn't sharp if you don't know how to if you haven't trained on being calm in a, in a stressful situation, then it doesn't matter how fast or strong you are. Yeah. yeah it's, so, um, you know, we got quite a few people listening to podcasts that are veterans and active duty. Um, you know, what, maybe you could share something for those that might be listening right now that 
could be struggling, you know, they're struggling mentally. They, they don't have that resource. They haven't uh, found uh, any kind of meditation. They haven't found yoga or anything like that. Um, what would you say to them? You know? So I think the first thing I, w- I would say is, you know, we get approached by a lot of people in, you know, through American Yoga, you through the company is we get approached by soft and, you know, conventional army and civilians and so the first thing I'll say is that the practice that, that I am involved in, the, the meditation, the yoga practice, it's not just for, for soft dudes and silkies. You know, it's it's not just for, you know, women in, in tights and crystals. It is for everyone. Man. Like, you know, I got hit up today by a, by a National Guard infantryman. I go by, you know, a, a soft dude who had recently retired who was hurting. What I do is nothing special. To soft, it is nothing. But nothing special to the military. It's something that's been developed over thousands of years, and I just happen to have tapped into, um, and a lot of people have tapped into, both in this community and outside of it. So, what I would say, like first of all, if you are struggling, identify it. You know, don't distract yourself. You know, a lot of us with our cell phones, with with booze, you know, with girls or guys, um, we we tend to distract ourselves from the things that are bothering us because it's easier not to think about it. Um, the harder thing to do, in my opinion, is to focus on it and to actually address the problem. So I, I would recognize the fact that you're going through something. And I, I think that's the start of it. Um, now, finding that outlet for yourself, maybe it's not yoga. You know, for me, I just, I connected with it and it, it has changed my life. A lot of dudes I know feel the same way, but it may not be yoga. Maybe it's mountain biking. Maybe it's rock climbing. Maybe it's scuba diving. Maybe it's running marathons. Whatever it is, you know, find that thing where you can focus on where you are at that present moment. And that's part of it. You know, I, I had a counselor that told me it takes three things. You need to focus on sleeping, eating, your spirituality, and exercise. Um, so make sure that if you've identified that, you know, you're going through something, identify it. Find that, find that thing that can, that can put you on the straight and narrow, that can give you that time to breathe. You know, put the phone away. You know, separate yourself uh, from, from either bad influences or outside influences and focus. And the other thing I would say is, is don't be afraid to reach out for help. You know, don't be afraid to reach out to a buddy to start. You know, there's no shame in reaching out to a counselor. There's, there's plenty of resources inside the military and outside the military. If you don't feel comfortable, you know, going to, uh, going to a counselor within the military system. But there is absolutely no shame uh, in finding that help. I would reach out. I would talk to someone. Um, honestly, what I found is I actually really enjoy being that person that, that, that is open about it. I'll tell people, you know, I, I went and talked to a psychiatrist. I went and talked to a counselor. And honestly, originally I thought that would, that would provide, that would, that would give me flack from my buddies, my peers. But what I get instead is questions. So there's, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. So I would say reach out, find help. Um, if anything else it makes you absolutely stronger as a person and stronger as a soldier and you'll be more confident in your ability to do your job especially in an austere location where you don't have the work that you would have and uh, and how do people connect with you and, and everything you're doing uh, with with your you know with your website and, and yoga and things like that maybe you can share that with everybody before we sign off and if somebody had questions for you, how do they get in touch with you? Yeah, for sure. So, so we have a, a website which is liveamericanyogi.com, and that you'll find mostly on there is our uh, our products. We have we started doing classes on there for 
really is retarded for anyone who was in the location if they want the access. And there's a spot on there. It's, um, but uh, my it's Hey, sorry, I got to jump in here quickly. The last part of that recording is just really got screwed up. Um, you know, recording on this app over thousands and thousands of miles uh, sometimes doesn't always go well, but um, that's what you do on a budget, right? Hope you enjoyed my time with Phil and talking all about deployment. Um, but if you didn't get it, you can reach him at liveamericanyogi.com on Instagram at liveamericanyogi. Uh, super cool guy and company and uh, I encourage you uh, those of you that are active duty or veterans um, reach out and get connected that's it